What's up, people? This is the Bubba Bunker, and today we're going to talk about Palm Sunday. It's coming up in about six days, and that's where a lot of uh, fortune tellers they go on a parade, and everyone holds out their palm, and it's just a mass palm reading. And that's and, not true. Um, I'm a dad. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> palm Sunday tradition. If you're a Christian and you go to a church, I'm sure you've all said this out loud together. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And and we would say it together as a church, and we get little palms, palm fronds, like plastic ones for all the kids, and they wave it just like they would have. And actually this year I might bring a bunch of coats and throw it on the floor. Nice. Like, just, I don't know. But that's what they did when Jesus was coming to Jerusalem after he'd spent almost all of his ministry in northern Israel because he came first for the lost sheep of Israel. And they were the ones who were like nominal Jews uh, who were looked down on by the religious southern Jews from from uh, Jerusalem and the Pharisees and all that. And a lot of bitter feelings towards the southern Jews, and yet they accepted Jesus in the tens of thousands. Like these rednecked sinners, uneducated, like gas station. This workers. is how they saw like, them. Not, this is how they saw themselves. Yeah. Like, well, and this is how the rich Jews in the South saw them. Like, when you this. say redneck, we think of like, I don't know. Well, I'm a redneck. I'm from Not really, Virginia. Not really. But I uh, used to be. I used to be, and I used to have that hard accent. I, I mean, if I was talking that. with some of my friends, they would tell me, no, you you were never a redneck because they're legit. Like, they're legit rednecks. Good for but, you, man. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> but I like, I like the culture. So it's not, to me, it's not a derogatory term and like we think of like oh all rednecks are racist not true at all yes. like that's, that's the same that's a racist statement to say anyway but there was a lot of that negative feelings from the rich jews in the south towards the northern jews probably annoyed that this really famous rabbi that everybody's talking about where the power of god is flowing out from him he's like a prophet that we used to have something special is happening in israel why isn't he coming to us? Why isn't he coming to the temple? Like, what's wrong with him? And I think that's the reason for a lot of the immediate negative attitudes by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Like, hey, you should have come here first. We're the big deal. And so he's coming into the city, and the different Gospels have different intros. One of them, there's two blind men on the road before he's to Jerusalem, and they say, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on us. And everyone's like, hey, shut up, let him walk. Everyone's trying to get his attention. Why, do, why are you guys yelling so loud? And they say, Son of David, and he, he stops and he says, what would you have me do? And they say, we want to see. And he heals them. And I think it's so cool that he's going into the most spiritual place of God in the world, full of people with eyes that literally physically see, and these two blind men see what all the Pharisees can't see. That this is son of David. This is the Messiah. This is the king. Because like, to say son of David, it means this is the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This is the Christ. This is that king who will reign forever that was promised to David. So they know what they're saying. And then he goes in a, another one right before Palm Sunday. In Luke 19, there's the story of Zacchaeus, and then there's the parable of the ten servants, where basically you were given so much, and you just sat on it and did nothing, and I'm going to judge you for that. 
So he's going into the city where they're given so much, like all the scriptures of God, all the rabbis teaching the seed of Moses, like the Pharisees. They should know, and yet they've done nothing with it. It's, it's a waste. And so he's going to judge them in the end. So I think Luke writes it for a reason. He's, he's talking about, and here Jesus is coming, the king, to see if his servants have been taking care of their money. And so there's a, it's cool how each gospel sets it up slightly differently for a reason. Um, so after this parable, he said in Luke 28, it says, He went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into that village over there. As you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks why you were untying that colt, just say, The Lord needs it. Which is funny. I always thought that was cool. Yeah. So they went out. They went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. <laughs> so they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. But everybody knows this guy's coming. Jesus is coming. And I'm wondering if when they hear the Lord needs it, they're like, oh, like Jesus needs it. And he's the guy they say might be the Messiah. And there's that prophecy. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of people that call him Lord. Like, just yeah. straight out of nowhere. Like, just, Lord, please, like, whatever. You know, heal me or whatever. This is really cool. When he reached, well, uh, as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. So, the picture of it is all of these people from the city who'd heard about him, from the buildings outside of the city, and from the north all coming to Passover, they came with Jesus. So Jerusalem is filled to the brim beyond its normal population. People are probably in tents outside of Jerusalem. Like every, There's just humanity everywhere. And Jesus is coming down the road, down the Mount of Olives, and one of the prophecies from Malachi and Zechariah is that um, when the king comes to rescue his people, he will stand on the Mount of Olives and defend them. And so here he is. Is that really? It says Mount of Olives? Yeah. And this is, that in Revelation is repeated, but it's at the end of all things. So it's not this time, but they think it is. They're ready for the king. They're not ready for the servant. Like the, in, there's two, two Messiah figures in Isaiah. And a lot of Jews thought there were going to be two Messiahs. There's going to be the servant Messiah and the king Messiah. They didn't really understand that it was going to be both and that the Amen. servant would come first. So here he is coming down the Mount of Olives, and they're thinking like, oh my gosh, this is it. The power flows out of this guy. He's from, the, from Judah, of the family of David, born in Bethlehem. He's a big deal. And they all said... Uh, One of the things that comes to my mind is like, you know, he comes in riding on a donkey. And it's just like, oh, well, that's lame. But they all knew like that the king was supposed to come in riding on a, on a donkey. Yeah, it wasn't a humble move. It was, uh, I, yeah, I'm him. It's kind of a baller movie yeah. a little bit. Like, Solomon was told, don't trust in the horses of Egypt. So it just became a thing that kings didn't ride horses. They rode donkeys. And even before that, and the judges, Gideon wasn't a king, but he kind of owned, they called, people called him that. And he's like, no, stop, don't. But then all of his king, kids rode donkeys. So it became a sign of, of Israelite royalty. And so when we... Some people teach it as like, he's humble and he's riding on a donkey. So they'll hear, but the Jews hear he's humble 
but he's riding on a donkey? That's for kings. So he's a humble king? That's really weird. But he is. That's, That's a funny, cool man. definition of a humble king. And they're all celebrating, and then you have the line like, Hosanna, Hosanna. And do you know what Hosanna means? I do. I'd like to just wait a second and see if like you guys can just pause this and try to think about what it means. Most people think it means like, like um, I don't know. It's like a happy term. Like, like hallelujah. A, yeah, yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. But really, in reality, it means save us. We need help. Please save us. It's like an SOS signal. Yeah, if a Jew fell off a boat when he's fishing because <laughs> his boat was sinking or whatever and another boat was coming by, it'd be, Hoshana, Hoshana, like, save me. I, I'm going to die. So they're, yeah. and it's an immediate thing. So they're not praising God. They're saying, save us. Like, you're the one. You're the king. The Romans are here. We'll follow you. That would be crazy like, cool to wait so that the, long. So the, the volume of the crowd must have been nuts. That would be amazing. And then uh, they're saying, then uh, 38, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. And highest heaven is a quote from Psalm 118 when he's talking about, it's a messianic psalm. And there's other ones, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, son of David and other gospels. But then some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And this is with shouting. So they're shouting too. They're trying to get close to Jesus. Hey, you're going to let him talk like that? And then Jesus replies, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Like, I like this translation, uh, New Living Translation. I think if you're reading the Bible and you're reading something that's doctrine or theology, read a Homo Christian Standard, New King James, like something, American Standard Version. If you're reading it, a story part, read a New Living or a Good News Translation. I like it better that way. But, because it's just. Check it's, both, though. Check when both. When you do it, because it's, a, you know, an NLT is paraphrase translation. So it's it can be a little less accurate. So if yeah. you're reading an NLT, and if you find something questionable, or even if you don't, just check the CSB or the New King James. Or yeah, the you NSB. shouldn't like figure out your hard doctrine from the New Living Translation. Yeah, but when it's a story, it's easier for us to read, like immediately. You don't have to retranslate the translation. Yeah, um, and then he gets closer and he weeps over Israel, and he said, uh, "How I wish today that you would." You of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. So in the midst of celebration, he's weeping. He's like, I wish you would have really got it. You guys act like you got it. And in Matthew, it talks about the fig tree that looks like it has fruit. And he's like, I wish you really had fruit. And he curses the fig tree. And on the way back out, it's completely destroyed and barren. And his disciples are amazed because that's what's going to happen to Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, he says, your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And that's so cool. Oh, like, that would be so, God well, came cool, to you. but it's really sad. Well, yeah, it's like that chills, like, oh boy. Like, yeah, yeah. The God that they're waiting for appeared among them and they killed him. And so he's saying, you will be killed for that. That's the best part, though. They will crush you into the ground. They'll be killed for that? No, that he will. That he was. Oh, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. glad he was. <laughs> for yeah. my sake. Um, yeah. And then he goes into the city, and what are they expecting him to do? Save us now. You're the king. You're the son of David. Deliver us. What, what, what do you think the people would expect him to do right there? I mean, 
who's if I saw us from him, who? I would be like, wait, this is not the guy I'm expecting. But everyone's chanting, so I'm gonna chant too. So who do they want deliverance from? Uh, from the Romans. So what? Are they, what do you think? If Jesus would have ridden toward the Roman barracks, <laughs> they would have fought. Except he didn't. Didn't he go straight to the temple? Why? Okay. There. Is that why he went straight to the temple? Is, is what do you think? Giddy? Um, yes, well, he went right he to the temple and made a, a whip and flipped over tables and beat people in the temple. Well, most likely he beat animals. That's what I've read. It's not that he beat people with whips. He whipped animals because there's a bunch of animals in there. Um, but that's the, a good point. Good point. Uh, and I, I think, hope that's I like true. Think he caught a Pharisee <laughs> or two. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know. But I think he said uh, uh, something said blah, blank, and then he says, "But you oh." Oh, he says he began to drive out the people. It's supposed animals. to be a... Uh, oh, my gosh. I just know at the end he says, but you have turned this house into the, a den it's, of thieves. It's meant to be a house of prayer. Yes, that's what it is. And th- those are two references, which are just... That's so cool that he does that. And they... I don't know. It would just be an intense moment. It's like, wait, why did he go to the temple? So, instead of going and beating the Romans, he went <clears> and beat... The Jews, his own people. That's... Everyone who was once cheering, this might be the biggest reason the crowd turned on him so quickly. It's like, wait a second. What was the money changers? It was the like, people that were... But like, like this terrible. crowd of Jews is following him. And at some point, he had to turn away from the road that led to the, the Romans. Going, yeah. And everyone's like, wait a second. Where are we going? Why are we going to the temple? They could have thought, oh, he wants to be anointed like David. And then we'll crown him king. And then we'll defeat the Romans. That's a possibility. Because that's what happened to all the kings they would be anointed by the high priest (laughs) so maybe they're thinking that maybe they're like confused but okay maybe he wants to be anointed officially king and instead he goes and beats romans yeah he flips over the table and he turns all their expectations upside down they were expecting glory and comfort and prosperity and when you're a christian the overall message of palm sunday that that i teach and i believe the, the bible like hits us for it, for application for us today, it would be, what are you expecting Jesus to be, and is that what he actually is? Are you expecting comfort and peace and prosperity in this life, or are you expecting to be upset and to be uncomfortable and to have some places in your life, in your yeah. house, in your family, in your heart turned over and be like, that doesn't belong in there. And, he, and it needs to be, Lord Jesus, clean me out. Clean, and we're called little temples, little stones. Like, I, are there places that you've kept from God or that you've, you're fine with that sin and you know it? Like, think of the sin that you need to get rid of. I bet you are, it pops into your head immediately. That's it's the first like, one you think of. That's yeah. the head. Like, Lord, clean me of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people hear Palm Sunday. It's like this calm thing, kind of rhymes with palm. But when I thought of it, I was like, oh, okay, Palm Sunday, week before he dies. And it's kind of, but this is an intense week. This is like the most intense week of Jesus' life. And the disciples are probably like, wait, why did we go here? What's happening? Um, But yeah, this is an intense week coming up, leading up to the death of Jesus. And lean into the tradition as a believer. Like, it's okay to put more emphasis around God in your life. It should be all the time. But let it be something that takes you up another level for these next three weeks. And you try to maintain that. And maybe if you step back two weeks. Um, well, actually, I think the week after Easter is super, super important, too, because he's resurrected. And then as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times 
where we had standing room only sometimes, and then the very next week, half the there's like half the seats. Well, and the empty. fifty-one weeks after that too. Yeah, it's or there's always a, a a lead up of attendance to Easter, then barrenness in the summer, and then a lead up of attendance attendance to Christmas. It's just these pendulum swings, and that's fine. That's, that's how it happens. Who cares? Uh, but uh, it's it's that stepping into this, and on Good Friday, be miserable, be sorrowful that Jesus was was killed for our sins but put yourself in that crowd you're excited for the king you're shouting his name in joy then you're shouting his name to be crucified you hate him you said his blood be on us and our children and then in acts that same crowd literally gets that blood to save them it's wild yeah like they meant it as if we're wrong let it be a curse to us and that same curse that Jesus took, that same blood saved that crowd. So that, that group yeah. of thousands of Jews, Some that's of insane. Well, thousand, 3,000 were saved in Acts. Yeah, that could have been anyone. Well, it was the Jews who were in the oh, city. Oh, I remember in your moment. Sorry. No, <laughs> it was the Jews who were in the city. Like, they weren't from there. That's why they had to sell their stuff to take care of each other. Because oh, yeah. everyone, from, all Jews from around the world were there that could make it. And, like, so it would be weird to be part of that crowd. And to be like, oh yeah, we just cheered for him last week, but now I want to kill him. And then, oh, I just killed the author of life, and you know, cut to the heart. And so just take that journey. The They'll next save two weeks. you, even yeah. if you sin against him a bunch. Yeah, because we, I've, yeah, everyone has sinned against him a bunch. All right, you guys. We'll see you guys in the next one. Um, most likely Easter, or no, Good Friday. Good Friday. And then Easter. And we'll do the Easter one after Easter to kind of keep the Easter moment. And then we'll do an Easter episode every single week for you guys. No, no but it, we will talk about the resurrection every week for you guys. He's, he's resurrected every day. Mm-hmm. Not just Easter. All right, you guys. See you.